Um, come on up, guys. You can just, just stand behind me here. Thank you. Thank you, Annie. <laughs> these, these are remarkable people, let me tell you, all in their own right. And if you know any of them, you'll know that to be true. And, uh, and they have been giving incredible governance over our church. Uh, Pastor Andrew has, only, has just stepped off the board. Um, he, he stepped off in September. He's also been part of that governance until then. And, and uh, we are, we're really um, we're so grateful to have these men and women who uh, you know, love God and love this church and, and have been gifted uh, with incredible wisdom to be able to oversee what we do at Strong Nation. So um, we're very thankful for them. I'd also like to invite up our um, campus pastors. So Judah and Megan for Mountains, come on up. And Jesse, of course, Jesse and Geordie, but unfortunately Geordie's home with a vomiting Neve. So I'm, very, I'm sure you're very glad Neve's at home doing the vomiting, not here, right? <laughs> so, yeah, um, thank you. And, uh, and can I ask Bruce and Penny to come up? Um, Bruce, of course, is an executive pastor uh, over Strong Nation. Um, these guys really fill in our shoes when we are not in the building. So we're very grateful to them. You know, Penny leads our intercessors uh, and they are praying for each one of you uh, all the time. And so we're very grateful for, for what they do. Um, and now, can I just ask the um, – now, first of all, I need to announce that Jesse, who is on staff full-time, is um, also overseeing our next generation, and that includes kids and youth. So he oversees that for the whole nation and, uh, and just, you know, seeks to serve each of the, the leaders that are on the ground uh, in the different campuses uh, and, to, and to bring them together and, uh, and to resource them as, as best he can. So and he's, he's doing that as well as um, uh, pastoring, he and Geordie pastoring the Penrith campus. So can I uh, invite the youth pastors for uh, Penrith, Cam and Amy? First, you can go and join your pastor. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Come on up. You better join your pastor. He's up that end. <laughs> um, and, of course, our Hawkesbury youth uh, pastors, uh, Dave and Sammy. C come on up. <laughs> and our Mountains youth pastors, who are Ben and Kelsey Gray. Come on up, guys. And then I'd like our, our kids pastors to join them. So we've got Mel and Webb for Penrith. Uh, come on up, Mel and Webb. There, there, there. <laughs> um, Felicity for Mountains. Come on, sweetheart. Felicity Salter, amazing. Of course, her husband Lester is on the board, so she does an incredible job. Uh, and, of course, where are they? Mike and Shan. Oh, yeah, Mike and Shan, come on down. These guys are for Hawkesbury. <laughs> Have you lost your husband? He's downstairs. I think he's downstairs. He's literally, he's so keen. He's already there. <laughs> Shannon's hard to miss with those shoes. Girlfriend, I've got to get a pair of those. <laughs> That's great. So these, these people have been faithfully carrying the vision and ministering to, to our people. And um, they've been doing that all last year and, uh, you know, now have renewed that commitment to serve us again in 2020. So how about you give them a great big hand? Thank you. Yes, thank you.
Um, okay, that's awesome. Uh, thank you, guys. You may, may take your seats. Uh, and I think I spotted Ali Greater in the building. Did anybody else see Ali Greater? Ali Greater, you better come up here. <laughs> She's like, Auntie, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Ain't she cute? Who met Ali Greater at Greater Conference last year? Did some of the kids? Come on, kids, give, it, give me a yell if you met Ali Greater last year. Yeah, you did? Awesome. Well, um, Ali Greater, you get to announce with me that it's time for the kids. Kids. It's kids. Let's go. <laughs> time for the kids to go out. <laughs> the team has been here bright and early preparing for your beautiful children. We love them very much. <laughs> and half the room just emptied out. <laughs> Did you notice how much more oxygen there is in the room suddenly? <laughs> uh, it's great. Well, while they're all getting themselves settled into their various rooms, um, if you are visiting with us today, you have arrived on our big family reunion day. So welcome. This is our, our Vision Sunday where we all get together. Uh, and, uh, and just hear that sort of headline vision for, for the year. You know, I, I'm really proud of the man I'm married to. He has been almost taken out by the enemy on several occasions. And last year was another one of those uh, fierce battles to get a cancer diagnosis at the beginning of the year uh, and to finish you know, 2019, which we called 2019. It's 2019. Um, and, to, and to not have the cancer at the end of the year. So he, he had a lot, of, a lot of battles to endure in that space. Uh, and I, I want to tell you that he is, he is a faithful, faithful man, faithful to God, faithful to the Word of God. He is a fighter and he fights for you. And, you know, he battles through all sorts of things and has for many years because he knows God's called us to you. We're here to serve you. And, uh, and so I'm incredibly proud of him. And as his wife, I can tell you he's the real deal. Um, and, uh, and I love him dearly. And I know every year he faithfully seeks the Lord. Where do you want to move us next? What's next for Strong Nation? What's next for your people? And every year he, he wrestles with that next step vision to make sure that it's pure and clear as the voice from heaven, that it will move us forward together, that it will claim ground from the enemy, that it will be faithful to the gospel and the Great Commission. And he, he has done that year after year. And, uh, and it's, it's just so incredible. You know, yesterday we went up to um, visit the Smithermans. Incredible couple. What a, what a family. I tell you what, you guys should get to know these guys. They're amazing. And I noticed on their fridge, they had this, uh, this, this paper uh, that was like, what did you call it? The family charter. They had a Smitherman family charter. And I had to ask her about it. I was like, oh, tell me all about that. And so she pulls it off the fridge and she shows me. And there was just this series of little mantras that defined their culture as the Smithermans. And I love that. I'd, 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 I'd 
probably in your family, you know, if you kind of dug deep enough, you'd discover that you probably all have mantras that you say to your children and to one another that are, you know, like, uh, we do hard. That's kind of a borrow one. <laughs> that, that's on our charter. <laughs> we do hard. Um, but uh, it was, it's just such a beautiful thing for them to do. But it just made me think of us as a greater family, as the Strong Nation family, that year in and year out, we've had these incredible vision statements, these vision themes that have really laid culture tracks for us and helped us move forward. Little mantras about who we are as a church, who we are as a church family, as a company of believers. And so this year, as, as he has faithfully done every year, uh, he, has, he has found what he believes is that God breath for us at Strong Nation, wherever we are, uh, to move forward into 2020. So can I ask you to stand to your feet and give him an incredibly warm welcome as he comes to share. Thank you, everyone. Let's stay standing. You know, um, one thing we've, I've, I'm always making sure I'm trying to remind myself to do is to give the glory to our Saviour, Jesus Christ. What beautiful worship do we have? And holy, holy, you can't get a better word than he is just holy, you know? Can we just all begin to pray to him right now? Because without his anointing, um, we're just people. But with him, we're the body of Christ. Father, we come to you this morning to honour you. Thank you for sending your son, your son, your special, unique son, Lord God, who came and saved the world of the sin and death. But also, Lord, thank you for sending your spirit to dwell with us and not give up on us, but to always be with us, closer than a friend, closer than a brother. Thank you for that Holy Spirit for being here. Now, Lord, I pray for your anointing today, that you would anoint every member of this church, those here, those who are online watching, the children, Lord God, the kids' workers who are serving them right now. Lord, we need your anointing. We need your special manifest presence to be felt on us. Lord, I lift this word to you and I pray, Lord God, that it would echo into our hearts like seeds. It would be planted in our hearts and it would grow to see great trees, forests, forests the trees. And we give you glory and we give you honor. We love you so much. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Please take a seat. Thank you, musicians, for entering us into his presence. Beautiful. Thank you. Darren and Anne lead our creative teams. And um, thank you so much for what you've done, guys. It's been brilliant in all of our congregations. I love it. Oh, I'm not going to complain about any water dripping, let me tell you. <laughs> What a summer! What an incredible... Like literally hours ago, it was drought. Someone wrote a poem about that, didn't they? And um, I can, can you hear the ground going, ah. All the trees going, ah. We had some lily pillies we thought were dead, but they've come alive again, and yeah. So you're ready for the floods. <laughs> ah, it's going to be great. I love it. And um, you know what? We live in the greatest nation. We live in the greatest, I think, the greatest area of our nation, which is fantastic. And um, yeah, well, here we are in 2020. No flying cars, 
No hoverboards. My laces still I have to tie them. They don't tie themselves. I was hoping that would be happening by now, don't you? And um, yeah, 2020, it's hard to believe. I remember reading the book 1984 in 1984 because I was the year of 19, class of 1984 and, and thinking, what's it going to be like in 2020? Ah, and um, here we are. It's not that bad, really. It's quite good. In fact, I think we're in the greatest time in history. Do you know that there's less poverty in the world now than there ever has been? And since 2012 to 2020, um, poverty has reduced so dramatically they think it could be rid soon. Isn't that amazing? We live in the greatest world. And as a result, you can be anything you want to be in this world. You can go anywhere you want in this world. You can, where there is so much freedom in this world, which is fantastic. And, um, but I can't help but think, my father-in-law made a comment the other day. He said this, we're running out of Bible prophecies. They're actually being fulfilled all the time. And there's not too many more that have to be fulfilled. Wow. Just think about the consequences of that just for a moment. When they all get fulfilled, you know what happens. He's coming back. And this whole age changes. And he's coming back for his church. The groom is coming for the bride. And that's you. And that is exciting news, isn't it? And let's not be Christians who get stuck in the here and now thinking, oh, it's always going to be like this. Because you can become complacent. But I want us to be a church that's waiting. You know, it talks about that parable of the young bridesmaids who are waiting for the bride to come and two left their oil low. And they ran out of oil, but the others did and they were ready to go. I want to be that sort of church that's ready to go, God. Because we are closer, obviously, than anyone else, any other church. Closer in time to the coming of Jesus Christ. But like my father-in-law said, we're running out of prophecies. They're getting fulfilled all the time. Just late last year, I read a passage of scripture and one of those ones that just popped out of the word for me and I thought, wow. And I'm sure the Lord said to me, this is for you now, Rick. This is for your church. This is what I've asked you of Strong Nation Church. So I'm going to read it to you. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 16, 15 and 16. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Like I said... There's so much beauty and, and loveliness in this world. It is great. You can be anyone you want. There is so much freedom. You can pick up your phone and speak to someone face to face on the other side of the planet, which just blows my mind when you think about it. Who remembers the old Dick Tracy cartoons? Where he used to talk to his watch and he'd see people. Well, we're living more than that. It's incredible. We live in such a great world. There's so much love and there's so much goodness in this world. But have you noticed, too, the other side of the spectrum? There's also increase of depravity in our world. Have you seen that? Have you noticed it? I've noticed it more and more. No one seems to think twice about lying anymore, especially in our media. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that the old fake news thing has actually hit Australia in a really big way? You just had to watch over summer. Oh, you know... If ScoMo hadn't, if he hadn't have gone to Hawaii, all this climate change wouldn't have happened. I can't believe someone can actually get on there and play the blame game like that and not even blink in their face. It's lies. But here's the thing, I see it in culture. Lies don't seem to 
there no, seems to be a conviction against telling lies anymore. What's that? I see huge examples of disrespect to authority, and even disrespect has become championed in our society. I see sexual sin going rampant and seen as normal and celebrated on things like TV shows and reality shows and what have you, to a point where I just don't want to watch that rubbish anymore. But it's become championed. Marriage has been... You know, put it in a very low drawer and, and not seen as anything more than just feelings. Oh, I feel like I love this person. Let's get married. They understand the power of marriage and it's been the, the, diminished greatly, the, 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 the beautiful institution of marriage in our society. In our time, this has happened. Think about you know, the, the ending of baby lives before they're born. That people are actually debating now post-birth killings. Can you believe that's actually happening in our time? That those who have been made in the image of God from conception, do we really want them? Let's think about it for a minute. What? There's depravity in our society. And I don't think the church should really just shy away from it. I think we should be sitting there thinking, no, this is wrong. It's wrong. Idols and idolatry with stars and... And, and famous people and famous things, even a big rock in the middle of Australia, it's idolised. But we seem to mock God. And God is happily mocked. You see, there is a depravity to our society, which I think is concerning. I actually think it is. But not only that, you look around our society, you see a huge amount of brokenness. A huge amount of brokenness. Broken families. Dads who haven't... You know, they, they, they don't see themselves as the, the man they're called to be and mum's struggling to find their identity. And no wonder the children are finding it hard to find their identity in our world because there's been such a family breakdown. You know, working with young people as I do, especially on Thursdays in the school, it doesn't take me long to, to, to know that this young man who's going off the edge with life, he doesn't have a really good home life. It doesn't take me long to find that out. I could guess it. It's because there's this breakdown that's been happening, this brokenness that just seems to spread through our community. And it's everywhere. It seems to be getting more. Hopelessness, mental illness has gone crazy. It's very real. I don't deny that it's real. It's, it's true. Fear and anxieties, which just grip people's lives. It's not the way God intended it. But even though we live in the most amazingly technical world and the most beautiful world and so many good things, there's a balance to this with depravity and brokenness. But also, disregard for God and rebelliousness against God is running rampant in our world. Do you know that Christians are the most persecuted people in the world right now? More Christians are dying for martyrdom now than they ever have in history, including World War II where the Jews were persecuted. It's happening faster now than it ever has. Isn't that crazy? In our world! And we're not talking about a religion that pulls up swords, we're talking about a religion that loves people to death. I always thought about let's radicalizing Christians, just love people. <laughs> let's radicalize Christians in school where they just love everybody, it's crazy. Our prime minister, just because he's been a Christian, has been mocked. And, and it's actually starting to get really serious where they're actually hitting his character in a big way. I could not believe the disgusting behavior towards Margaret Court just because she's a Christian. 
and made some, do you understand? I actually met her and I met her daughter and um, they are great ministers. They feed thousands of people every week, including homosexuals and people of all walks of life and they don't discriminate at all. But you don't ever hear about that, do you? It's this great... I can't believe right now how Israel Folau on the other side of the world just wants to play a game of footy, but they won't because he's a Christian. He has Christian beliefs. Wow. But yet, you can have terrible, rotten beliefs about anything else, and it's okay, they'll let you play. We live in a world which is really out of balance with this. And it's not God's plan. And it's not what God wants. And I sit here as his church, and I sit there and think, wow, what do we do? God, what have you asked? I can't believe in our cities, in our, in our world, our nation, that a religion like Islam, which has brought so much horror into the world, is honoured, yet Christianity is considered dangerous to children. A guy in Perth is trying to get it before courts now that to teach creation in schools is child abuse. Wow. Can you believe that? There is a move against God's ways and what God wants. I remember... I, a couple of years ago, I went to a camp to learn how to be young, a, mentoring, a mentoring program for young men and women. And I was at this camp, and we call it the vegan camp, because it's all vegan food and all crazy stuff. It tasted beautiful, but it takes 11 hours to make it. And um, I remember them saying, what do you do? I said, oh, I'm a pastor of a church. And at that moment, the mood changed. There would have been 35, 40 people there. The mood changed. And we had a morning tea, and this young girl came up to me, she would have been 22, 23. Basically, what, do you, what does your church believe? And my stock standard answer to a radical like this is, we believe that girls who are caught in sexual slavery should be rescued. <laughs> That's the sort of church we're part of, because I'm figuring, mate, this, otherwise she's going to smash me. That didn't even seem to calm her. It's like this violence came up within her challenging me about how dare you even believe in a God that would send anyone to hell and, and just go on and on and on. I thought, where did this come from? I believe God is a God who loves every person and has a beautiful plan for their life. But she honours Islam. And Buddhist, she loves the Buddhist thing. She reckoned it was great. They talked about meditation and what have you. And I sat there and thought, what is this? I can't help but think it's spiritual. I can't help but anything. Real, I can't help but think that everything that I've mentioned, the depravity, the brokenness, and the rebelliousness against God, is anything but spiritual. I think it is. And do you know what? When you entered into Christianity, you know what? You entered into a spiritual deal. The church is not a social club. It's a spiritual deal. And we together are... Um, we together are in this. You see, Ephesians chapter 5, 15 and 16. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because they are evil. That word evil is very interesting in the Greek, ponerai, I think it's called. Sorry, Adam. It actually, it's, it actually references back to being passively ill. Its root word is ponos, which actually means pain, misery, laborious trouble. I don't think we have a violently ill society. I think we have a passively ill society. Where belief systems are coming into people's lives and they see it as truth when it's not truth. They, they see that you know, God's plan for life is just a, a fantasy, not a truth. But what is true is my feelings. What is true is that person's feelings. 
And I think we've got a big issue, and I feel like the Lord spoke to me when I read the scripture, it's time to redeem the times. It's time to do something about this. So today I want to share what I believe the Lord is asking of us as a church. And um, it's a bit of a long journey to say we'll achieve it in a year is silly. But I think we can actually start on a journey as a church of how we can actually represent him really well in the end days. Because I actually believe we are in the end days. You see, it all comes back down to what does our heavenly father want? Have you ever thought that? Have you ever prayed that? God, what do you want? I've got to be honest with you. Most of my prayers are what I want. Same with you? God, what do I want? I want this, I want that. But really, just stop for a moment and say, God, what, what do you want? I don't think God's actually changed what he wants. You see, right, right in the beginning, let us make man in our image. Adam, mankind in our image, both male and female, he made them. The reason why he made them is simply because of this. He wants a family and he wants them to be with him forever. That is simply it. God wants a family and he wants them with him forever. That's it. Always. And I think he still wants that. I think that's what God's plan is for the end days, to reestablish that. God's family together on a beautiful Eden type setting. Where he rules with his love and his love fills everything. His acceptance fills everything. And his ways are the right ways because every benefits from, everyone benefits from his ways. I think that's what he's looking for. Of course, we get to Noah's flood and because mankind stuffed it up, he sort of wiped them out and started again with Noah. You have a very interesting look in Genesis. That's Genesis chapter 6. Gets to Genesis chapter 11 and mankind's doing it again. They're messing up again. They're actually rebelling against God building a tower of Babel, trying to say, God, we're going to be equal to you. And you have to look at it. In fact, if you want to look at it later, we're going to look at it today. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, it gives an account of what God actually did at that point. He actually, we know the story of Babel where he gave them all different languages and separated them. Right? If they spoke the same language, it's amazing what they could do. But Deuteronomy chapter 32 actually gives you a bit more insight into it. Actually says this, because of their rebelliousness, he separated them from him, gave them others to rule over them. Wow. He separated himself from them. He created nations and separated himself from them. That's Genesis chapter 11 that actually happened. Genesis chapter 12, we hear about this young man called Abram and his wife who couldn't have children called Sarah and he does it again, he starts again another family and he picks a family who couldn't have children that tried for years and just couldn't do it and he picked, <laughs> he picked that family to prove that anyone can be part of this family that he wants anyone can it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't, Abraham did not do great things, nor did Sarah. But for some reason, he picked them. Back to Deuteronomy 32, it actually says this. He separated him from the nations, but Israel, or Jacob, is his portion. That's his nation. And do you know what? 
That jealousy is still running rampant today. That's interesting, isn't it? That jealousy of his private nation of Israel is still running rampant today and has a lot to do with the end times. You need to take note of what's happening in the Middle East right now, everyone. It is very amazing what's happening. Fast forward, this, even Israel, his portion, his beautiful new nation, didn't get it right all the time. But I don't think God's looking for perfection. I think he's just looking for a heart towards him. He just wants people to walk with him. He comes to the point where he, he wants to redeem Israel. And so he sends his son, Jesus, and Jesus pays the price of their sin and their death on the cross, raises from the dead and is victorious and it's pretty cool. All their sin has been dealt with. Israel, if they turn to him, will be totally redeemed. But it doesn't end there. 40 days later, this little thing called Pentecost happens. Where the Holy Spirit comes, amazing things happen, supernatural things happen, and these guys start praying in different languages. Where have you heard that before? Different languages. Back to Babel. Where they separate, he separated himself from the nations. They start speaking other tongues about the glorification of God. And what that did, it triggered the greatest thing of all. Basically, two things. One, it's not just Israel who's my portion now. Every believer is my portion now. His church is his portion. He launched the church because the church became his family at that point. But that's not all. He gave him a mission. Go and get the other nations. I want to bring them back. I want them all back. I want them all in my family forever. No more divorce. No more separation. I want them back, every one of them. Church, my family, could you do it? And began the greatest mission of all. The redeeming of God's nations had begun. And here we are, 2,000 some years later. The job's still to be done. They're separated from God. But we get to be the people who do that. Walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time. Even though it's passively ill. It's evil. There's plenty out there. It starts right at our doors. The nations start right at our doorways. It starts there. Genesis actually says this in Genesis chapter 12, which I forgot to read. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. I will curse them and curse you. And you, in you, all the families of the nations, really, of the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Jesus came and instigated that in his church and that's us. So this brings us to 2020. What is it about? What's his church, Strong Nation Church? What's this about? As I said, I believe we're in the last days and like I said, just watch what's happening. We're running out of prophecies. And I think there's an urgency in heaven. I feel an urgency when I start praying about the lost. We're entering into very interesting times and I, I think we're entering into massive spiritual battles. I think that's why, you know, Bible actually says in the last days, many hearts will fail them with fear. Many men's hearts will fail them with fear in the last days because I think we enter into spiritual battles. I don't think we can avoid them. I think they're going to happen. In fact, I think they've begun. 
spiritual battles. That's why God sees an interesting, I mean, uh, has an interest, really a big urgency in these times. Now, I want to tell you, I don't think God has asked us to be moral crusaders. I don't think God's asked us to go to a workplace and tell them to stop having those magazines and doing all that. I don't think that's what God's asked us to do. I don't think he's asked us to be the ones who are lobbying politicians to get more godliness into parliament and everything. I don't think that's God's plan for us. So what I'm talking about today is not becoming moral crusaders. I don't want to be that guy. I want to love the sinners. I want the sinners to love me. I want to get around them and I want them to... Because, you know what, my life is not perfect. Even though I try to be as godly as I can, it's just not perfect. I'm going to stuff up regularly. Sorry, but so are you. So we're not moral crusaders. What I want to talk about today is about setting our own lives in a position to bring change in our society. So as a church, I want to position our churches in a place where we bring change in our society. But not only our society, but much further. So the word of the Lord this year, I speak over this year, I name this year, going deep, stretching wide. I want us to go deep. Would you come deep with me? See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Look inside yourself. Think about how God, what he's done in your life. Go deep. Look deeper into your marriage and your family and see what God wants to do with it. Look deeper into knowing him and his word, deeper into genuine relationships with church. I'm not talking about how are you on Sunday. I'm talking about getting deeper relationships like a family in church. Look deeper into understanding. Look deeper into conviction. Look deeper into living spiritually. Understanding there is a spiritual world and there's a spiritual you. Do you understand that? There is a spiritual you. And that spiritual you is the real you. And it's something that can grow and it's something that can become wiser and and, and, and more prevalent and more effective in our world today is the spiritual you. Going deeper is about owning your title as a son of God or a daughter of God. You're his child and understanding what that means. That he hasn't actually asked you to be a servant. Do you understand that? You're not a servant of God. Nowhere in the New Testament does it call you a servant of God. It calls you a son or a daughter of God. And when you understand what that really means in the spiritual realm, that's pretty high ranking. God, you. That's it. In fact, he actually says you're the co-heir with Christ. That's pretty cool. And I want us to look deeper into practicalities like finances and work and life balance because it's important that as Christians, our life, we actually base it on something very deep. Everything very deep. You know, I'm listening to some commentary the other day and they were talking about Manhattan, building skyscrapers in Manhattan. Because it's a little island and they've got massive buildings on this thing. They said they have to go down at least 26 stories of footings before they can even start the car parks underground. 26 stories. And when they're building, it's just a hole in the ground for ages and all of a sudden they come out of the ground and they build it. Because they can't go high unless they go deep. If you first go deep, you can build something really high. Another analogy is a tree. 
Right now, there's trees just trying to suck all that moisture down in further down in the ground because that's where their roots are. And their roots are spread greatly wide, especially in the drought, because they're looking for water. And the wider they go, the deeper they go, the more water they get. And what we see is this beautiful, wide-stretching tree and a really high tree because the roots are doing their thing deep. What we see is just the outworkings. What's really happening for the tree is in the deepness. It's the same as our lives. The deeper you go, the wider you can stretch. The deeper you go, the higher God can take you in this world in which we live. But if we fail to go deep, we fall over. And you know what? It grieves me to say the amount of men and women of God that I've seen who went high before they went deep have fallen over. Have fallen over. I don't want to do that. As a church, I want us to go deep. But also, I'm asking you to stretch wide with me. Second part of that verse in verse 16, redeeming the time. It's an action because the days are evil. I want us to look with spiritual eyes at the places God takes us. Not just with natural eyes. Where has God planted you spiritually? What's the spiritual reason has he put you there? You might not like your workplace, but they may need you. It could be a spiritual situation. Your home, your work, your school, your institutions, your towns, your city, the nations that God calls you to. Understand there's a spiritual reason behind every one of those. I've even come to a point there's a spiritual reason why I catch some red lights. Because it could set my timeline to a point where I can have an intersection with someone at the right time, at the right place. You might think, that's pushing it, Rick. It makes you be a lot more patient at a red light. Stretching wide is understanding God's authority is on you. Do you understand? Stretching wide means we enter into spiritual warfare. Remember I talked about those nations that God divided up into? He set rulers over those nations. Paul calls them in Ephesians chapter 6, principalities and powers. And he actually says we wrestle against them. Ooh, that's interesting. But I want to tell you this. Spiritual warfare is not just standing there yelling at the sky. Ah, in the name of Jesus. I've done hours of that. No, no. Let me tell you what spiritual warfare is. Spiritual warfare is going to a place the devil thinks he owns and we go and take it back. Just with our presence. Because when, yeah, come on. Because when Jesus rose from the grave, they earned the right to rule. And because we are now called sons and daughters of God, we get to rule spiritually. Doesn't mean we get to tell everyone what to do. That could be fun for a little moment. But we get to spiritually determine the atmosphere of that place. You would have heard me tell the story about last year I was... I go into Windsor High School as a chaplain on Thursdays. And I love it. It's crazy. I can't believe how exhausted I am after it, though. I can't believe it. I don't do much, but I'm exhausted. It's crazy. I sat in this year nine class with these boys, and they're feisty boys. And uh, I went in there about three, four weeks in a row, and all of a sudden the teacher stopped. And he said, sir, because I love it when he calls me sir. None of you call me sir. Okay. 
I'm getting baptized here, man. He says, sir, whenever you come in here, it's like a piece comes in with you. And everyone learns more. Sat down and had a chat with the vice principal not long after that. And she said, every time you come into my office, I feel a lot more peace. You see, understand? The devil doesn't own Windsor High School. And we go in there as sons of God saying, guess what? Spiritual warfare's on. And it wasn't easy. We, there was a fight through prayer we had to get in there. We had to stick it out because it wasn't comfortable. But I've got to tell you, that whole school has changed. It's a beautiful school. In fact, I was talking to principal just this Thursday. They've had record enrollments this year at Windsor High School. For a teacher, you understand how important that is. Record enrollments this year, which is pretty cool. You know, um, two years ago, Hawkesbury High School, we had two very good chaplains working in Hawkesbury High School up in Freeman's Reach. And um, the principal there, Steve, he was a great guy. Wasn't he, Karen? Really good guy. And um, he... uh, Loved us, and he used to talk to me about chaplaincy, and he, we helped him get applications. We got our chaplains in there, and they were doing a good job. Then he got ill, or something happened where he had to move. And they brought in a temporary principal, and that lady, for some reason, didn't like chaplains. And got Elijah and Nicola doing gardening, rather than working with kids as chaplains. And that wasn't enough. Finally, she actually cut it short mid-term and sent back the funding to the government, and we didn't have chaplains in the school anymore. I was gutted. They were gutted. It was terrible. Two years later, we had a chaplain in Freeman's Reach school funded in Freeman's Reach Primary School, which shares a fence with Hawkesbury High. And the principal there, Christian, she comes to our church here. Lovely lady. But she got ill. And she had to leave. And another principal came in. That principal calls in our chaplain, Kelsey, and says, I think it's a flawed system chaplaincy. I'm going to end it. I said, I think, what's going on here? Two years apart, with two separate schools that share a fence, exactly the same thing happens. Oh, I realised on it. Principalities and powers. The devil thinks he owns it. So do you know what? I'm going to pick a fight. So we're going to figure out ways in which we can move into that area. Maybe God wants a church in Freeman's Reach. There's nothing else there. He's done more crazy things than that. Because I'll tell you this, you watch what God does around that area. If that principality and power wants to move on at that strong, God must really want it. Spiritual warfare is something where we've got to go stretch wide. Every place you put your foot, Joshua was told, I will give you. I believe that's the promise over his family. Every place you put your foot. Six years ago today, we planted a church in Springwood. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Pastor Andrew. Happy birthday, Connor. He's not here. But I've got to tell you, it was a fight. It wasn't easy. It was difficult. Robbie, you remember those days? Adam, you remember those days? Adam understands the fight that happened because we planted a church, Adam and Rachel. It was difficult because we went to somewhere the devil thinks he still owns it. Not today, you don't. Not anymore. Here we have a thriving church, so much so that we probably need to really start thinking about fitting people in that room now. We probably need another few classrooms because of all the kids. 
I love it. Spiritual warfare. It's simply going to somewhere where the devil thinks he owns it and saying, not today. Not today. Standing around. But here's the thing. Stretching wide, I think, is important. He's asking us to do it. But you've first got to make sure that you go deep. Otherwise, otherwise, I believe, in my experience, the principality and powers are stubborn. But when you go deep, they have no legal right. Because you're stepping on God's territory. You're stepping into God's anointing. So what does our year look like? Just quickly, I want to just talk to you about how this looks in our year. Going deep, stretching wide. Going deep, stretching wide. How does it look? Well, for the rest of term one, we're going to break it up into school terms. Is that okay? It's an easy way to think. Teachers love that, don't you, teachers? Term one. I'm going to name the term one, lift up your eyes. I want the preachers, I've asked the preachers whether they could speak around lifting up your eyes. What I want us to do is I want us to feel out our community, spiritually. I want you, when you're walking to the train or walking to your car or walking to work or watching the kids play soccer or whatever you're doing, turn your spiritual heart on and look around with spiritual eyes and say, God, what are you doing here? What is your plan here? I want you to lift up your eyes and see. Jesus, Jesus was uh, um, healing and, and seeing so many people come through and healed and set free and stuff. And his disciples saying, Jesus, what are you doing? And he says, lift up your eyes and see. Lift up your eyes and see. It's all around you. I think there's frontiers all around us. Everywhere. And remember, God positions you. He's the great chess master. He will place you in somewhere. What we've got to do is switch our spiritual eyes on and say, Ah, oh, I can see why he's got me. And we're going to do this right for the rest of this term. We don't, I, want to, I want you to observe the people. How does God see them? Pray this prayer, I dare you. God, show me what you see in people's lives. God, would you break my heart for what breaks yours? Dare to pray it. And then go walking around in your environment, your vicinity. Because I believe the church needs to do this. I believe the church needs to begin to see what's there. It gives us a reason to go deep. We've got to find the reason to go deep. Get to know people. Get to know their needs. And pray. That's all I'm asking you to do in term one. Start looking around. Lift up your eyes. Have a look around. Maybe have a look within yourself. David actually said, Lord, check my heart out, will you? God, can you check my heart out? See if there's anything in there that shouldn't be. And I want you to spend time over the next, up until Easter time doing this. Because I think it's so important as churches to do this. As Christians, as his bride in the last days. It's so important to do this. Look around you. Lift up your eyes and see. Am I ready? What must I strengthen in my life? How can I be formed more into the image of Christ? What do I need to do? How can I become that spiritual warrior that walks into a place that says, hey, not today, devil. What do I need to do in my life? I want you to be reflective. And then, after Easter, we're going to go deep. And through the terms through winter, I'm going to ask us to really concentrate on going deep. It doesn't mean we don't reach out to our friends. It doesn't mean we don't still you know, look for opportunities. But I'm going to ask everyone to look at their Christianity and say, God, how can I go deeper? What's required in my life to go deeper? In fact, we're going to begin term two 
straight after Easter, we're going to, I'm going to call the church to a three-week fast, a 21-day fast. Because you understand, fasting is all about feeding your spirit. Fasting is blocking out the natural so that your spirit can actually develop more. And I'm going to, we're going to talk more about it as we head into there. Would you join me on it? Yeah, it's never pleasant. I hate fasting. hate it. As you can tell. In order to stretch wide, we first must go deep church. Prepare you for spiritual warfare. Remember when Jesus comes down from the mountain and the disciples have been trying to cast this demon out and they couldn't do it? And Jesus cast the demon out and the disciples said, duh, duh, how come we couldn't do that? He said, oh, this, this all comes out through prayer and fasting. I don't think that means you go and pray and fast and come back and just do it. No, no, I think it comes from a spiritual life. Understanding the spiritual realm. Understanding that, oh, this is what's going on in here right now. Oh, my boss just lost it, but there's something spiritual going on here right now. That's what fasting and going deep actually does. It gives you spiritual ears and spiritual eyes. Prepare for spiritual warfare. I, I think we need to sharpen things and strengthen and shore up our base. We need to sharpen our marriages. Sharpen our parenting and our families and, and really make them stronger. We're going to be looking at ways to do that. And, and um, also spiritual disciplines of reading the word and prayer and and, and building a strong base in your life. I'll tell you now, those things will make you strong in your life. Finances. Uh, we're going to be running God, money and me because spiritual, I mean, financial discipleship is so important. It's the number one stress causer in people's lives and I don't want you to have to worry about that. So I'm going to make it available for you. If you really want to really get your finances in order, biblically, we're going to do stuff like that. Relationships, we're going to be looking at that as well. We're going to be offering lots of grow groups and um, they're going to be wide and varied. I know Pastor Adam or Dr. Adam is really looking forward to doing some biblical studies and, and so the people who really want to go deep biblically and understand the word better and learn how to read the Bible better. And we're going to be looking at other Bible studies but also parenting. We're going to be doing courses on parenting and marriage and, and, and like I said, God, money, me. We're going to be running these grow groups because we want you to grow spiritually. We want you to grow deep so that you can be stronger. We're going to have our Oikos gatherings and having family dinners, but the main reason through our winter months is to develop relationships. Don't miss out on a gathering. Don't miss out on it. Why? Because the family needs you. The family needs you. You're needed. Even if it's difficult to get to, just grab a barbecue chook and turn up. That's all I do. We're going to be strengthening our leadership development track through our huddles and um, talk to your... Um, Oikos leaders about that I want us to develop a great leadership track so that everyone can understand spiritual leadership so that we can go deeper Amen Dads, if you want your children to be deeper go deeper Mums, if you want your children to be deeper, go deeper If you want a deeper marriage, go deeper That's what I'm offering to our church through these months We're going to go deeper But then come October, we've got a conference Greater Than 1K Conference Greater than 1K is a multiplication conference. And it's ironically the same time the daylight saving starts, usually around about within a week. And we're going to go stretch wider at that point. I'm going to ask you, would you come and stretch wider with me? Let's stretch wider. Let's take it on. Let's enter into fields. Let's do what we can do. Jesus actually made this comment. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. Four things. Well, I've thought about four things. First thing is this. Jerusalem. 
I want us to stretch into our vicinities. What's around you? Take opportunities. Maybe the person who makes your coffee. Maybe you can talk to them. Maybe God's going to open up doors. Divine appointments. Maybe God's got you on a train sitting next to someone for a reason. I don't know. But look what's around you. And, and let's stretch wider into that world. Let's stretch wider into the opportunities of seeing people find the love of God. People who God misses most. In your vicinity, when you meet as an oikos for a family dinner, do you understand something? You're actually entering into spiritual warfare every time you meet. And I'd like our oikoses to understand this and recognize it. We're actually in this suburb meeting as God's family and the devil doesn't own this suburb. That's what I want to see. When we're huddling together and our leaders are gathering together, you've got to understand something. You're, you're committing spiritual warfare. You're engaging in spiritual warfare. That's why sometimes it's so hard to get to. Do you realize that? That's why sometimes, oh, the kids, it's so hard. I've got work. Da, da, da. Get to Oikos gatherings. Why? Because of spiritual warfare. And I want us to stretch wide into that in our vicinities. Maybe an Oikos leader might say, do you know what? We need to move it because I believe God's calling us to this area. Let's do it. Maybe there's a darkness over a street or a block or something. And you feel it in the spiritual realm. Well, let's move an Oikos in there and see what happens. Amen? In your vicinity. Spiritual warfare. Believe that God will open up doors for you. Jerusalem, that is. Judea. Two years ago, I declared that we will plant three more churches in five years. Well, that's only three more years to go. Whoops. But I want to look into the next suburbs and see what is there. I mentioned Freeman's Reach, but we've also got a massive development over there at Red Bank from Hawkesbury Church here. We're looking at the, um, what do they call it, Dave? The Aero, Aerotropolis, which is south of Penrith there, where the aer airport's going. Do you understand how many people are going to be moving into that area? Penrith, what if we plant one in there? That'd be pretty cool. We are actually getting very close to saying, let's pull the trigger on upper mountains, up Woodford, Hazelbrook area. Understand a few of our upper mountains people couldn't make it. There are trees across the road and things today. Hopefully they're online. But I think maybe this year we could probably have a really good crack at planting the church up there because God has been faithful and so have the people. And the devil's going to hate it. So let's do it. Are you ready for a fight? Penrith and Hawkesbury, you're in this too. Because it's not mountains planting it, it's strong nation planting it. You understand this? Let's plant another church. You understand why? It's because there's people up there who Jesus misses most, who he wants in their family. And we need to plant a bride in there so they can come into his family much easier. That's why. We're going to start looking even furthermore. We're going to stretch wide and stretch wide our imaginations. Maybe God's asked you to pastor a church. Maybe God's asked you to lead a people group. Well, let's stretch wide into that. Let's develop it. Let's get you ready. Stretching wide. Also, if you look at the Samaria thing, we're going to stretch into the country areas. And we did this once last year. We went into Bathurst and ran a service which is really cool on a Friday night. We're probably going to be looking at doing Saturday evening so more people can come. Out to Bathurst. Do you realise we got together, what was it, 190 people got together, 180, but I'm evangelistic, evangelistic. <laughs> so probably about 3,000 people were there. <laughs> I think it was 190 got there. But what excited me most is this. The church at Blaney came and brought their young people. Next couple of weeks, 11 young people got baptised in Blaney Church. Stretching wide, man. 
Joe Corman out there. Everyone's doing a fantastic job and seeing great young people come to Christ. But there's more churches out there we can affect. Let's stretch wide. Devil doesn't own it anymore. He has no right to own those places anymore. Let's take the ground, amen? Stretching wide. We can do this. I want to do four events this year if we can. That's going to be stretched, but we're going to do it. Would you join us? And it's not just youth. We're targeting the youth. But do you know grey heads? Hey, grey heads. I won't ask you to put your hands up. They need us. And you know what? It's fruitful because the grey heads are there and everyone else in between. All those in denial. And of course, to the ends of the earth, Cambodia, great things happen in Cambodia. We're going to continue sponsoring Ben and Theta, who will be here in 10 days' time. Make sure you greet them and their family. Jenny Cooper, who's here, she's got her challenges with health right now. And, but we've also this year been able to fund Minset and Utdon. Utdon and Minset, yeah, well done, church, it's great. Many of you would know, Minset's actually married to Jenny, and we're trying to get him out here on a visa at the moment, but it's not happening yet. And so hopefully you'll get to meet him and he's a card, let me tell you. But Udon's over there, great man of God, and we're going to continue to support them because we're stretching wide. And we've got Deb Neal also over there in Cambodia. And I want us to be looking at that even more. How can we stretch it with what Jenny and Minset are really wanting to do with Strong Village? Um, I think I mentioned this to someone the other day. Um, Tony Kerwin the founder and the, the head director of Destiny Rescue found out about what Jenny wants to do with Strong Village, the aftercare in villages. He, he wanted to meet with her, and because of her sickness, hasn't been able to do it. But he's really interested. And what really amazed me was this. When I started first praying about Cambodia and Ben and Theta wanted to go, I felt the Lord say to me this, plant churches next to Destiny Rescue and you'll plant them around the world. Guys, are you ready for it? Talk about stretch wide. Who knows where that'll end, but we're going to develop Strong Village. Strong Village is the aftercare in a village where these girls go back to. We're going to encourage you know, these girls getting cared for, but also really encouraging prevention for other young people getting caught up in the sexual slavery. And we're going to do it as a church. The greatest thing you can do for any village is plant a church in it, because the church does all the rest. And Minset and Utdon are going to be raising leaders, and they're doing a great job over there. Um, we're going to be organizing some more trips over there. I want you to see what's happening over there. It's brilliant. So we're going to stretch wide and stretch wide even more. Amen? Will you go deep? Will you stretch wide with me? A few more things and then we're done. Last year I brought the vision of increasing our giving in our church. And uh, we talked about Heart for the Nation weekly. People who above the tithes and offerings um, could really sow in with seed. And of course that was also seed into our missions as well and I really want to change that this year I really want to actually just have one seed offering every time and we're going to combine it together our heart for the nation and our missions giving it's going to be one giving now but what I really need for people to do is understand that it's still we still need the same amount from both our heart for the nation goes towards our practical needs it goes towards making sure the lights are on, making sure our building doesn't leak, <laughs> making sure the rents are paid in our other areas, mountains and Penrith and wherever else we go. Um, it makes sure that um, things like chaplaincy can occur as well. 
but our missions goes towards primarily Cambodia and a few other things, but more and more it's actually becoming less some missionary and more us overseas. It's interesting, isn't it? I think it's God's plan for us that all of our missions would be really what Strong Nation is doing overseas. And um, he's moulded it that way, so we're going to bring it all together. And we've actually handed out cards for everyone, and what we'd love for you to do is pray and pledge. What could you contribute above your tithes? Now, tithing, if you really want to sit down and talk about it, tithing is the most important giving you'll ever do. It's actually not giving, it's actually, t- it's actually paying, if you want to get biblical about it. And we're going to be doing some more education on that. But if you tithe, can I ask you, is there seed you can sow? My theology is this, if you're tithing, your seed's going to be blessed. Massively blessed if you're tithing. And can I thank you, church? Um, this last 12 months, we've actually had a record amount of tithing right through the whole year, our history, which is incredible. So well done. I've looked at all the books since I've kept books and um, it's never been as strong as what it is now. What excites me about this is you're understanding discipleship. You're understanding what it's about. It's not just giving God money. <laughs> he owns that money, Right? What you're doing is you're putting him first and what excites me most above all about it, it opens you up to incredible blessing. That's what it does. So well done. But not only that, um, we actually asked for seed offering to come in last year with a special offering. And we will be doing it again this year in June. We'll be taking up a miracle seed offering. Last year I was believing that maybe we could get $50,000 in and I promised that we'd send a tithe of that out to Joe Corman, hoping to be able to send her a cheque of $5,000. I thought that would be pretty neat. That would really bless her, you know. And um, so the year before, we got 47000 so I thought if we can break the fifty, that would be great. Well, we didn't get the fifty; We got the 98000 But that wasn't the... No, 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 wait, 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 wait. That wasn't the end of it. I get a phone call from Bruce. Um, are you sitting down, Rick? I said, oh, no, what's happened? <laughs> Who was it? And he said, um, someone, we don't know who, has just deposited $220,000 of seed into our account. So who, if, thank you so much if you're here. <laughs> but what's better, what's better is that's good seed that we will sow for you and God's going to bless you for that. I think you understand that. And God's going to bless you even more because he gives seed to the sower for a harvest. And all of us are sowers. So 310000 I had to ring Joe Corman up. Joe, I'm so sorry, I've got to send you another $22,000. Is that okay? So she's going to be able to put on schools workers now. That's pretty cool. It's because of your generosity. Church, let's not give up. Let's, keep, let's continue and let's keep growing it. If you don't pay tithes, can I actually encourage you? Give it a crack. Test him. Test God on it. Give him a crack. See how it goes. We're going to do some education, like I said, on that, because it's all about going deep. And, um, and I also want to challenge you, too, with your seed. Seed. What seed can you sow? And this is what this is about. If we combine our mission and our heart for the nation into our frontiers, what would it be? We'll use this for chaplaincies, hooks, um, strong nation community services in all three areas. We'll use it for our rents, our buildings, making sure... You know, one thing I asked you last year, I remember this, standing up here and saying, if we can increase our seed, our, our heart for the nation, 
We can use our tithe for what it's meant to be used for, and that is ministering to people. And I said, I want to put our, our pastors on staff. They're given their time and they're really frying at the edges, you know. It's a lot of responsibility and you need them to be praying for you and to be pastoring and do. And do you know what? As you heard, Jesse's on staff. We've got Judah starting on staff this week, I think. Is that right? <laughs> Paid. <laughs> Judah's been on staff for the last two years, unpaid, <laughs> but he's, we're able to pay him, which is biblical. But also, Jesse's actually taken on the extra uh, mantle of taking on the kids and the um, youth role of oversight and we're calling it the next gen pastor because um, I honestly believe there's something in that. And I just want to say a big thank you to Catherine Ottaway for 11 years, I think it was, Catherine. She's not, she's with the kids. Well, Mitch, you can receive this. You're one. Catherine, I just want to say a massive thank you. And um, you did an incredible job as our kids pastor for 11 years. I asked you to do something which was very uncomfortable for you and you did it. And your support for me personally has been awesome and for our church. So God bless you and thank you so much. Her and Mitch have started their own kids' ministry. Thank you for allowing your wife to do that, mate. I really do appreciate it. And of course, Ben and um, Brad and Catherine with our youth here at Hawkesbury at a very tumultuous time stood up and said, I'll take them, we'll look after it. And you might never have known how hard and difficult it was at that time when they came into the youth leadership of this Hawkesbury congregation. And they did a fantastic job like mum and dad around a whole bunch of kids. They're actually stepping out of youth ministry this year and I want to say thank you so much guys for what you're doing. Love it. It's been great. So our next-gen pastor is on staff because I asked you, church, let's, let's sow seed. And we're able to use the tithes. Rather than paying for bricks and mortar, we're using our tithes to build the body. And that's what we're going to continue to do. And church, I'm going to ask you to consider, let's, let's continue sowing into the kingdom financially. Amen? Amen? So if you've got a pledge card, please fill it out. In the next few weeks, hand it into the box at the back of church if you want to do it today. We've got a box at the back of church. Just dump it in there. It'd be great. Hey, have you ever wondered why our giving increased so much and we don't even do offering talks now? <laughs> do you know pastors sit there and they say, no way, no way. <laughs> yeah, we don't even talk about offerings anymore. And Maybe there's something in that, eh? Yeah. Maybe there's something in about people just being disciples of Jesus, eh? Yeah. Amen. Cool. Okay. One more thing I just want to talk to you about, a bold thing that I really want to put before you as a church. The reason why I really want to say this is because usually when I say it at Vision Sunday, God actually backs it. So <laughs> we're going to get a red Ferrari for the senior pastor. <laughs> nah. I was praying mid last year and I really felt the Lord lead me to the story in Acts where Paul stumbles or, find, or seeks out Lydia, the woman of purple, the rich woman, a financial savvy woman, a businesswoman. And, and they basically really built the Philippian church in her house and around her. And um, she made it available for the kingdom to spread in Philippi. And I felt the Lord say to me, Rick, could you believe me for venues? Now, one of the things you might understand, you've got to understand this. I really don't want to send our church into a massive big building program where we're in debt. 
You can understand on that one because we've got this debt under control now and it's beautiful, it's great. Well, no debt's beautiful, but anyway. It's under control. But I felt the Lord say to me, Rick, could you believe me for venues for Mountains Church and for Penrith Church? Homes. And again, it didn't make sense to me until I started thinking about spiritual warfare, cosmic geography, if you want. When you go into an area where the devil thinks he owns it, it's one thing to have an oikos there, it's another thing to put a church there. Stake in the ground. And I realized when Ian and Joan Woods put a stake in the ground here, it opened up the entire Hawkesbury. And many churches have been planted because of this one in the Hawkesbury. You know that, don't you? Vineyard. It's because of this church. There's another one over the mountains there. Because of this church. (laughs) We've fed a lot of churches with people too, haven't we? (laughs) Spreading the family. I want us to believe that in the next three years, we're going to be able to have a building, a hub in the mountains and a hub in the Penrith area, which are strong nation hubs, but they're going to pay for themselves. And we're going to call it Project Lydia. And what I'm calling on is our nation builders. Last year, we established our nation builders and led by three great men, Nathan Vincent, Dave Smitherman, and Matt Gibson. I think he's here. Matt, yep. And um, they're pulling it together, and it's getting our people who think business, people who think this way, financial stuff and all this, and they're getting together, men and women, and we're seeing a great group grow. It's really fantastic. Well, I'm going to call upon them and anyone else who would like to be part of a committee under Nathan. Nathan's going to sort of gather these people for me and think up ways in which we can have a building in the mountains that actually pays for itself. Have one in Penrith that actually pays for itself, that serves the community. The community doesn't have to serve it, it serves the community. And that it is a lighthouse in that community. And we're able to have church there. And youth meetings, and maybe counselling, and maybe dance, and various other things. Who knows? But in the next three years, we need a miracle for this. Well, just as well, we don't serve Allah. (laughs) But we don't serve Buddha. We serve Jesus Christ, who's the miracle maker. We need a miracle, and we need some wisdom. So I'm going to call on our church for Project Lydia. Um, Nathan, Nathan. Matthew, David, can you just guys just stand up so everyone knows who you are? These guys head up nation builders in each of our church. If you want to be part of it, can you come and see one of them? Mountains, Penrith and Hawkesbury. In fact, after the service, Nathan's going to make himself available down here. Is that right? And if you want to talk more about Project Lydia, he just wants to get your name and number, let you know about nation builders as well, what's happening. And we'd really love you to be part of it. If you're a bit of an entrepreneur, you're a bit of a business thinker, Could you be part of that and pray about it? That would be great. And I love it. Can you believe with me that we will have two more venues happening in three more years? It's going to require a miracle. But it seems like every time I announce something on Vision Sunday, it happens. So why not do it, eh? Start prophesying over more children. (laughs) More babies. More marriages. Any single guys here looking to get married? Great. I'd like our pastors, executive pastors and church pastors to come on up here with me. That'd be great. And I'd love our board to come, if you would. Marcus, can you grab a microphone? Oh, you got one. And I'd like you guys to pray over us as we lead our churches this year. Going deep, stretching wide. And you see, I think 
this might actually develop a pattern for our years now that through the winter months we really huddle down a little bit and we really concentrate on our spiritual health and we concentrate on growing spiritually from when daylight saving ends through to daylight saving starts. It's nice of the world to actually put in triggers for us. But then we stretch wide and we, 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 we go into harvest during harvest time and we look for opportunities. We shine light. Like I said, we're not moral crusaders, but our lives will shine light wherever we go if we go deep. Our lives will shine hope. For those who are suffering in, in brokenness, we'll bring hope to their lives just because we went deep. And because we stretch wide, they get to see the light. Don't hide it under a bushel, Jesus said. That's what this is about. And I can see us setting up this rhythm every year of going deep, stretching wide, going deep, stretching wide as a very healthy rhythm. Last thing I want us to do is get to heaven burnt out. I want us to get to heaven, wherever that is, wherever that is, excited, knowing that we brought so many in of the nations that God called us to. And that nation could be Wilberforce. That nation could be Wellington. That nation could be on the other side of the planet. Wherever God sends us, we'll go there. Amen. Lord, if you could lay hands on us and pray for us, that would be fantastic. Thank you. Church, why don't you uh, stand up united as well? Reach your hands forward to our incredible senior pastors. Well, Lord, we, we stand before you this morning, and uh, this is our stake in the ground. We thank you so much for these two right here, and Lord, that the vision that you have filled them with. Lord, we pray that you will not only fill them with that vision, but fill them with your strength, your peace, and continue to guide them through your Holy Spirit in every single thing that they do. Lord, we, we pray for your ultimate protection around their lives. We pray that you will just help them keep their eyes com completely focused on you and lead us into this new thing that you are leading us into. Lord, that you would, you would allow us to, to go so deep in you this year, uh, led by these fantastic guys. And, and from going deep, you would help us to stretch wide, to see communities changed, changed for you, Lord. Yeah, see your kingdom extended to see the devil put in his place yes. and reminded that he has no victory, yes. he has no authority. Yes. Lord, that you are the complete authority over every situation yes. and yes. every location. Amen. And we claim this ground, yes. the ground of the Hawkesbury, the ground of, of Penrith, the ground of the mountains yeah. and Cambodia and wherever it el else it is that you, yes. that you take us, Lord. Yes, we just say that we are yours. We are wholly and solely yours, and we ask you to have your way in our lives. Mm. We thank you once again for these incredible pastors. In your amazing name, Jesus. Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, team. Now, how good is your pastor? I didn't call for a fast as of today. And we have morning tea. So... There's this little gap after Easter where it's not starting immediately. If you want to know, I think it's the 19th of April, I think we're going to be starting our fast. So you can get rid of all your chocolate <laughs> without giving it away. But I'm going to encourage you, have a coffee. What are you going to do anyway? It's pouring rain. Have, get to know some people. There's lots of morning tea just up the back here. Get to know a lot of people. And hey, talk about going deep, stretching wide. It'd be great. God bless you. Love you all. Have a fantastic day. <laughs>